0: This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt.
1: And I'm Kelsey. This
0: is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. Welcome back to Main Corpse. This is going to be an amazing episode. I'm really, really excited. Um, I'm Matt.
1: And I'm Kelsey, and we are coming to you live from the Bridgeport Farmers Market.
0: Technically not live when the episode
1: comes out, it's live right now. But right
0: here, we are live. So that's not a (laughs) lie. So we're here. We're live. This is super cool. All right. So we are sitting here with Debbie Workman from the uh, Bridgeport Farmers Market, and um, Debbie, what can you kind of tell us about what's what you guys do here?
2: Sure. Well, first of all, I just want to welcome you guys, the Maine Corps podcast, and Kelsey and Matt for, for being part of the market on our last market day of the season. And um, if you're going to shop the market, you're going to find everything from West Virginia. You're going to find West Virginia seasonal produce, you'll find farm-raised meats and farm-fresh eggs, local honey flowers and plants, baked goods, artisan products, um, but everything is either um, grown or produced, handcrafted here in West Virginia. And we are open May through October, through the second week of October. As I said, today's our last day. And we are here at our Charles Point location in Bridgeport. We would want to urge people to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and also at richportfarmersmarket.com. And we will be back at it next May, 2023.
0: That's awesome. So I had never been to the farmer's market until we started kind of working with you guys. And now I'm, I'm coming back on days that I don't even have to be here. It's awesome. That's great. It's, it's That's so great. cool. Yeah,
1: the farmer's market's really cool. It's just something where you can come get fresh local stuff, you know, and can look the person in the eye that has like done this. And that's really, really cool for me, especially having been a chef for such a long time.
0: Yeah, and, and our, part, our podcast, when we started it, we wanted to feature everything, as, much, as many local restaurants, as many local cases, as many local legends as we could. So it was, it was really a perfect marriage for us to, to meet up and start doing this. Yeah, so, we
2: are, we're yeah. thrilled to be part of yeah. the Bridgeport
1: Farmer's Market. Yeah, thank you for
0: having us here. We really appreciate it.
2: Well, we hope to have you back next year. We Try to keep us away. We're, we're yeah, going to be here. All right.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, All right. Much, thank Annie. you. Okay. So today we have two extremely special guests that I'm really excited about, and we'll explain why they're here in just a moment. But um, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, go right ahead.
3: Uh, my name is Caroline Nicholas. I started and run Hill & Holler Herbal Company. Um, it is a mostly a tea company uh, that I make all these handmade teas myself. I think I have like 45 different varieties now. Uh, I hand make all of them. I actually grow and forage about three quarters of the ingredients that I use. I also have like old fashioned Appalachian like infusion lip balms and um, medicinal salves that don't have any fragrance oils, it is just the entire herb that's done for like six months the way that it used to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and my whole thing is making, keeping the old Appalachian culture alive with the herbalism and with the way that things are done slowly, and also sustainability, all of my packaging, my plastic packaging is actually totally whole compostable, uh, I only use glass, um, some paper products um and i source all of my ingredients that i buy like super sustainably with with looking at um like labor practices the environmental practices um even as far as how it's shipped um, to me but yeah i am very proud of what i do and i am super excited to be here today to talk about this
0: yeah you should be proud The, the the lip balm that you make we have it's amazing I love it. And then the tea is also great. I to say,
3: I'm yeah. obsessed with
1: the
2: teas. They're I know. so good. <laughs>
0: you turned me on to them and I can't, I can't yeah. stop. They're freaking awesome. Okay, so great to have you. And if you wanna go next, go right
4: ahead. Uh, I'm David Long with Poe Run Craft and Provisions. Uh, we're a nonprofit that my wife Margaret Bruning and I started about five years ago now when we moved to West Virginia from California. Uh-huh. And uh we the, the, the idea with the nonprofit is really based on nature, community, food, um, and, and and getting people really involved in what it takes to grow your own food, help people grow their own food, um, and we probably grow about 70 to 80 percent of everything that we consume. Oh, wow. And for the farmers' market, we like to, I like to say we sell our leftovers, which is basically we produce a little bit more than we normally consume, mm-hmm. but we're first. So um, when we do sell stuff at the farmers' market, it's because we're able to. And we do everything from jams and jellies that are um, from our property. So we have blueberries, gooseberries, raspberries, elderberry, all growing wild on our property or cultivated. Um, we also have sheep that we raise for wool and meat, um, chickens that we raise specifically for meat, um, all organic and, uh, our famous duck eggs, which were one of the few people who, who raised ducks specifically for the eggs because they're the best eggs money can buy. They, they That's really true. are. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so we've been, you know, plugging along and doing it for a few years now and we absolutely love it. And we have a difficult mountainside homestead but we are a true working homestead and you know that's that's our life and we love it.
0: Yeah, I've been following you guys on Facebook for a minute now and yeah. and like just watching everything that you guys do I'm like I'm tired just watching <laughs> this. I don't know how so we are too. <laughs> yeah. um, that's awesome. So Kelsey, do you want to explain why they are our guests today?
1: Yes because we like their stuff a lot. A
0: lot, yeah.
1: Um, also, um, so our food today is a little bit special. Um, working with the farmer's market, we utilized products that we could re- get here actually at the farmer's market. The only things that I used that I didn't get here were cream and butter, and that's just simply because I couldn't. Um, so I have lamb shanks and then um, just kind of a medley of roasted vegetables that I got here, as well as um, mashed potatoes that I made from um, potatoes that I got here at the farmer's market, and then Leroy's Bakery because oh, I was I right. Dare you. Um, Leroy's Bakery was kind enough to give us um, a loaf of bread to throw with it today. So. so
0: I'm gonna have to go listen to that episode again because I feel like I was saying Leroy's the entire time and you were trying to French it up, but it's okay. Oh, okay, don't worry yeah. About
1: it. I was the one being not, fancy. Yeah,
0: don't worry. Um, so where did the lamb shank come from?
1: Uh, the lamb shank came from Po Run um, and. I utilized a couple of the shanks to actually make the um, broth that I braised the lamb in, and then I also used all of the stuff that I braised the lamb in to make a sauce. Um, And then for our dessert portion, I made a creme brulee utilizing um, local farm eggs and um, tea that I got from Caroline today.
0: And by the way, the lamb shank was uh, the most awkward um, Handoff in a Kroger parking lot that's ever occurred.
1: Um, so, yes. it was, we, so we had the same experience with T. <laughs> oh,
4: perfect. I pulled in. He's more like a drug than lamb pigs, yeah, by they, the they, way, walk- they were probably in more trouble than you. Were. <laughs> so my dad
1: um, drove by while that was happening, by yeah. the way, and I got a text when I got back in the car that said, Why are you doing a drug deal at the Kroger?
0: <laughs> that's, that's, that's super funny because we pulled in at the Kroger and Elkins uh, to meet David. And I looked at Brittany, um, and I said, uh, "I feel like I'm doing a drug deal." And he gets oh, out of his exactly truck, and he funny. walks over to me. He's like, "I feel like we're doing a drug deal right now." <laughs> and I was like, "We're on the same page." Yep. Uh, so it was it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it was it was it's awesome. It all looks really good. Yep. So um, let's uh, let's give this a shot
1: and see right. see how it is. I'm really excited about it. I hope it all turned out good.
0: This was your first time doing lamb, wasn't it?
3: hmm you never know. That's that's delicious. Mm, thank
0: you. It's got a really good flavor. I love the sauce.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. And are this, cinnamon? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Good. Are, are those beets?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yep. I am not generally one who eats a lot
4: of beets.
1: I also don't actually eat beets because I don't like beets, but I think the way they're roasted, it turned out pretty okay. Yeah,
4: the veggies are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes really well with the um, roasted pepper
1: mm-hmm. as well.
4: It really does. Mm-hmm. I would like to ask you how you felt not about cooking lamb, but about this lamb, and and then I'm going to tell you why I'm asking the question, if I can do that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So So, um, I generally don't get super intimidated by things. That are new. I'm always excited to try something new, but I was so nervous um, coming into this because I knew you were going to try it. I was like, he's gonna be, he's gonna know how I was supposed to cook it, and I have no idea if I'm doing any of this right. But I followed a recipe from Gordon Ramsay, so I, it has to be okay. But um, it was, it wasn't as fatty as I expected it to be, mm-hmm. um, which actually worked out a little bit in my favor for making the sauce. But yeah, I. It, It was really intimidating. Matt got it all on video, so. You're gonna see it.
0: Yeah, you're gonna see it. Awesome. Yeah, we're gonna have the whole
4: process. You can see it.
1: We're making it on a TikTok.
4: Yep, so, So, and we'll make sure you see it. I'll send it over to you so you can check it out. So the lamb that we raise is, um, we have our wool lambs, our Mm -hmm. wool sheep, and then Mm -hmm. we also do cross with a sheep called a Romanoff. And a Romanoff um, is an incredibly hardy, sheep that actually came from russia hence the name Um, then by way of canada into new york where my wife's mother had these sheep and when she passed we got her flock wow and they're an incredibly lean small boned meat animal um but they also have this really unique wool and so when you said oh it didn't have as much fat as i thought because that's that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, the, the Romanovs also tend not to be lamby. Mm-hmm. Some people really don't like that. Some people might say gamey or mm-hmm. that that flavor. Right. You never get it from the Romanovs and even when we cross our Romanovs with our wool sheep mm-hmm. because you get kind of a different you get a different wool but you also get a different um, a, a product in the end They're absolutely just wonderful and completely different than what I like to call the 4-H sheet, um, which just don't, they're just not the same. So, um and the, the the shanks by the way are very challenging but these do tend to cook quicker and easier mm-hmm. and so i also thought oh you'll be able to do it just fine because even though you may not have cooked a lot of shanks in your life right it's not really that different than braising anything
1: yeah that's it turned out, I think, really well. It's really good. Did yeah, I I'm really excited I'm really about it.
4: Nice and tender. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good.
0: Mm-hmm. And the bread is. Excellent. Did you try the bread already? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. So gosh. I Dip always. in the the salt. Yeah, I always oh, say oh, the
1: man. bread needs a little bit more salt, and I think this is on like. It's right on. It's, it's good. It's right there. Yeah, it's right it's where really it to be. really good, and they yeah. make this in their cast iron too. I,
0: yeah, I'm. That's it's so impressive. So, um, yeah, the the lamb it's it's excellent it's really really good you're and you're right because i've had a lot of lamb in my life and it is not known to be a forgiving meat um and trust Mm -hmm. me because i've had it from several people and some people get it right some people i'm like i'm gonna need a boat of gravy pulled over here right through it this came out just right it came out just just the way i like really good lamb so um and you're right with the roasted vegetables they go really well with it everything pairs really nice great meal
3: I'm not, I'm not even a big sauce person, but this sauce is amazing. Like I'm using the potatoes to soak up the sauce. I don't think I've ever done that in my (laughs) life. It is so good. Well good, thank you so much. Very good.
0: Um, I think we have more. So before you leave, take a plate with you.
1: Yeah, you're, you're welcome to any of the leftovers, you guys.
3: Oh, my partner's going to go nuts for this land. He went to culinary school too. So like a well-cooked like quality piece of meat, he loves it.
4: What school did he go to? I went to a magnet school in Baltimore. Okay. And where? You I went to culinary school?
3: I did. I went to
1: culinary school at Fairmont State. I actually okay. did the whole program at Pierpont.
4: And I went to New England Culinary Institute up in Vermont.
1: Oh, Everybody wow. went to significantly cooler schools. Than I, we do.
0: Well, I, uh, I, I, I went to school at WVU for literature,
4: so I went to school Perfect. at WVU for and so history you're doing a podcast, <laughs> yeah, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> no writing, but talking, and it's still literature. She's, she's
0: the food part. Um, right. I also just love food. Like you can put meat over fire, and I'm going to be like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life." Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm not picky when it comes to meat. All right, so the other thing that we have that we still need to try um is what Kelsey?
3: Creme brulee.
1: Okay. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the tea I used?
3: Yeah, so the tea that went into this is called the Salin um It's one of my sow like my Halloween teas and in all the Halloween teas I use um like of course fall flavors and the sau and I feel like is the like quintessential like fall Halloween. Um, it is very heavily inspired by authentic chai in the way that it's brewed. Um, I did a lot of research on chai recipes, which is really hard because families, you know, Indian families that make chai, they all have their own recipes. So mm-hmm. I kind of drew from that. And on top of, you know, the real organic Assam tea leaves that I use in it, um, I use fair trade and organic like, cinnamon. I grow my own ginger, um, fennel seed, allspice, all of that is really organic, but I also use a uh, real roasted and dried pumpkin that I mm-hmm. got from pumpkins at the farmer's market. And I use uh, maple sugar instead of, like, brown sugar or white sugar in the recipe. Mm I buy maple syrup direct from the farms in West Virginia, real West Virginia maple syrup, cook it down into a candy, and then grind it into a sugar and use it in my tea. How impressive is that? That's
4: super impressive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're very much like we are, where you want to do everything. Like, we don't... We buy sugar that goes into our jelly, Mm -hmm. but I make my own maple syrup, and I don't make enough to make sugar out of it, and I would think there's no way I'm going to take that much time. How much time it takes to collect the sap alone is
3: insane. Yeah, I buy it, and I like to buy it direct from the farms, buy produce direct from the farmers, Uh, what I don't grow, especially fruit. The only fruit that I actually don't get locally is, like, citrus and pomegranate because I can't, but, like, the apples, the blueberries, the strawberries, the peaches, all of that that I use in my tea is from, if I can't make it or grow it myself, I'm going to support West Virginia farmers and keep as much money flowing into small West Virginia businesses as I can.
0: Right, and that's it, and this is why it worked out so perfect to have you guys on. We we want to highlight people that are keeping things in our state. Um, we do stories from all over the place, mm-hmm. like mine today, but whenever we talk about food or whenever we try something, we, we always want it to be from someone local, like you guys, who are doing this type of work, so fantastic. Um, I can't wait to try this.
1: I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I already got to do my thing. I got to set something on fire in public.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good, Kelsey. It's really good.
1: Mm. Oh, that turned out so much better than I thought it would. Mm-hmm.
0: You can really taste the tea. That yeah. really comes out of it. Oh my,
4: that's very tasty.
0: Yeah. Um, from light <laughs> sweetness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not overly sweet. Plus I love the color.
1: Um, that is from her tea. Yeah. So the way I did it was I brewed the tea directly in the cream. Um, I I did my quart of cream, and I put the tea that you gave me into it, and I brewed it until it boiled, and then I took it off and let it set for just a few minutes, and then I strained all of the tea out, mm-hmm. and that's how I got my flavor from your tea. And I feel like it wouldn't have done it justice had I started it in water.
0: Yeah, but right. she... She had me come over, um, so we were recording the whole process, so you'll get to see, just like, just like Dave, you'll get to see how it was made. Um, and she had me come in and test, she's, she's like, test this and see if you can taste the tea. I tried it and I was like, oh my god, it's perfect. Um, it's
3: so good.
1: I was so
0: happy. So yeah, that is, that is excellent. is
1: my favorite dessert.
0: And you um, got the, uh, the sugar. Just mm-hmm. perfect. Like, I love hitting creme brulee and have it crack. Oh, yeah. And it mm-hmm. did it perfect.
3: I bet your house smelled amazing while you were it, making
1: this. It really
0: did, yeah.
1: It, it really did. This morning, it smelled so good from um, where I slow-cooked the lamb. Mm. It Like, my whole house smelled like that sauce, and it was just so good.
4: Oh, man. I'm okay. so excited
1: that this creme brulee turned out, yeah. guys.
4: It, it's wonderful. It's nice and creamy and great mm-hmm. texture. The texture's perfect. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just... Yeah, because... You, yeah. I've had plenty of flan creme brulee that gets cooked to the point where it's like, yeah, that has bubbles in it. They've cooked it too uh-huh. much, and now it's like bad scrambled eggs. Yeah. And it then you're just out. like, why it's do I, crazy, I don't want to yeah. eat this? You could, you, so, could, uh, um, you could
0: pour it over, and it would literally just flop right. out. As, yeah. It look like a little round sponge or something like that. Mm-hmm. I've been there before too, and uh, trying to be nice. Yeah, so Luckily, great texture. this is you. Yeah, it's great.
1: i'm just excited i got to work with all these really great ingredients like the opportunity was
0: amazing for me and i'm excited that i got to be around you working (laughs) on all the awesome ingredients while i was putting together the stupidest story i have ever told on our podcast so i am ready for this are you guys ready to hear the story you can keep eating while we're telling the story so don't be afraid um this is after all a food podcast so David, I talked to you before I started putting this together, and and basically I walked away thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna find something to talk about with like a yeti or a Sasquatch or something like that, but I'm gonna find some way to to kind of put true crime in there somewhere, and I found the perfect episode. I was originally going to do uh, this story about some hikers in russia in the 1920s um who were found weeks later um just all of them had been killed uh something had cut open their tent but i started reading more about it and they think they've already solved what happened there so i thought i would go with something a little more modern that i think is is going to be really interesting so my story takes place on july 9th of 2022 so just a couple months back and it involves Larry Sanders and Jimmy Knighton, who were fishing along the South Canadian River just outside of Ada, Oklahoma, which is about 85 ish miles southeast of Oklahoma City. Um, so they were specifically catfish noodling. Does anyone know what noodling is? I do, yes. Okay, so <clears throat> our guests know what noodling is, but for those of you who don't, um, for the uninitiated uh, who are, who are, wondering what i'm talking about here um it can be best described as (laughs) extreme arm and fist fishing um noodling this is from wikipedia noodling is fishing for catfish using one's bare hands um, and is practiced primarily in the southern united states did anyone think we were going to go into noodling today? Anyone? Anyone see this one coming?
1: I'm not surprised. No? By not it, really, but okay.
0: <clears throat> you never know. You, you never know what's going to happen, especially on our podcast. So strap in because this gets weird. Um, so, when noodling, the noodler places their hand inside the discovered catfish hole in order to catch the fish. Uh, they also say that you can dip your hand in stink bait um, so that it att- attracts the catfish. Um, other names for this activity um, are let's see, throughout the South and and, and, mid, south and Midwest, it's known as hogging, dogging, grappling, grappling, and tickling the catfish. Um, so that's where we are right now. So I'm gonna digress from that and, and let this go. During this fishing trip, Larry claims that Jimmy attempted, and this is where this really gets off the rails, to summon a Bigfoot with the intention of feeding larry to the mythical beasts and kill him (laughs) so larry claims that jimmy was trying to summon a bigfoot to eat him this is directly from the affidavit taken by shut up There's an actual affidavit which means hold on because this goes off the rails even more. (laughs) This is verbatim from the affidavit. Larry claimed that while at the river, he discovered Jimmy intended to feed him to a Sasquatch slash Bigfoot. Larry indicated Jimmy attempted to get away from him so that the the Sasquatch could eat Larry. Larry would not let Jimmy get away. Larry punched Jimmy, and struck him with a stick. <laughs> Larry and Jimmy fought for an extended amount of time this on the is ground. Like
4: Florida or Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, let's check these uh, locations <laughs> right. again, just to be safe. The saying. GPS coordinates of this. <laughs> Larry and Jimmy fought <laughs> for an extended amount of time on the ground. Larry confirmed that he killed Jimmy by choking him to death
4: near the river.
3: What? But... Why? At that point, is it self-defense because he was trying to <coughs> kill him by feeding him to a Sasquatch? I don't.
0: That is his argument, yes. Um, That's Larry's argument.
3: Okay. Yeah. I just I just wanted to make sure that, I, like, I I'm on the right like track I'm, here. I don't feel like I'm on Larry's side here. I, I,
0: I am comfortably not on Larry's side on this one. <laughs> um, I... I will come out as uh, as team jimmy on this one um i'll get the shirt and everything that says team jimmy so larry's daughter um hold on one second lost my place larry's daughter told her mother that larry had claimed responsibility for killing jimmy this is what initiated the initial search of the family's home Larry was present during the search and seemed unable to remain still during the investigation. Investigators believe that Larry was under the influence of drugs, methamphetamine specifically, um, at the time of the investigation and at the time of the murder. According to the affidavit, Larry's daughter told the deputy that her dad confessed to slaying shortly after the noodling trip with Jimmy. This is... There is an affidavit claiming that a man tried to feed another man to a Bigfoot while they were noodling. And... This exists.
3: Intoxicated.
0: While intoxicated. Yes. On methamphetamines. Yes. So... um, This would be
1: less believable without the math.
0: Yeah. Who... um, Who came to the farmer's market today expecting this? Anyone? No. No? (laughs) Alright, so... It's a uh, wonderful
3: surprise. No.
0: Are you glad you didn't listen to our show? <laughs> <laughs> he told me that, He's like, I think I'm gonna listen to the show before I come on. I'm like, you might not want
4: to. You might <laughs> want to go. And I want to go. Go. Yeah, I was gonna just see if I needed to get, get the the system down, but yeah, there is no system. We there, just there
0: it's no chaos we uh, when we, when, especially best. when I do it. Uh, it's it's chaotic. So, this is directly from the affidavit. Um, She claimed Larry later returned to the residence frantic talking about Bigfoot. Larry claimed Jimmy was trying to feed Larry to a Bigfoot so Larry had to kill Jimmy. Larry mentioned something about strangling Jimmy, Jimmy and possibly firing two shots from a pistol. Um, although I can't find anything that says they actually found any bullet wounds or anything like that on the victim here. Did um, they find Jimmy? So he might have actually thought that he was shooting at, uh, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Might have thought that he was actually shooting at Bigfoot because he does distinctly remember firing. Well, and they
4: were on meth, so yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: You, you never know, right. you never know. So a witness um, shared their story with investigators claiming that Larry returned from the noodling trip driving Jimmy's Chevy Avalanche. Um, a sheriff's deputy saw what appeared to be blood on the tailgate at the bottom of the driver's side door. Um, this is also in the affidavit. Investigators did find a machete near the vehicle, which according to the affidavit, Larry normally carried with him. Um, he did give the location of the body, and the police were able to find the body, so they can confirm uh, that there, there is indeed uh, a death here. Um, as of this moment right now, there are no further updates that I could find. Um, I have tried searching everything on Google, like Bigfoot murder, uh, feeding someone to a Bigfoot murder, and I can't find any of So,
4: updates. motivation is, is debatable. Like, why would he think that he could feed him to a Bigfoot? I, I don't. And secondly, as you and I, well, we didn't discuss, but as I believe in the existence of the Bigfoot Yeti. Yeah. Oklahoma is not on the list right. of places one finds see, the Yeti. that's the other thing that I looked up to. I was like,
0: are there even Yeti in Oklahoma? Because I do know that in Florida there is something like a Yeti. They call it like a... Um, I can't remember what it's called.
2: Skunk
0: uh, ape? Skunk ape, that's it. Um, that they claim they see down there. And I know, like, Arkansas? Your like Falk, Arkansas, like. and all that, that mm-hmm. they they made the movie um, Boggy Creek down there, which is about Bigfoot, right? Um, claiming that there's a Boggy Creek monster. Um,
4: I even there's I even forests yeah. and stuff there where Oklahoma, yeah. although has some, not really
0: right. I, and I'm wondering if the part that they were in is in like the Winding Stairs Mountains because I know that's in Oklahoma, but I've never heard of of a, of a Bigfoot or Yeti or anything in Oklahoma. Right. That's why this one. This one absolutely floored me when but I found it.
3: Maybe like they maybe they didn't think that Bigfoot was there to start with. Maybe that's why they were trying to summon it like a demon in Supernatural.
0: Oh. Maybe. Maybe Jimmy brought the Bigfoot with him. So I'm yeah. curious, oh. is this
4: the part where we all take meth oh, to see okay, if okay. this makes Does more ever, sense? <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, there, least, there are some woods right over there. Um, Just,
1: we'll set the circle and see. The, it's the part <laughs> it's of the podcast we didn't tell you guys about. Yeah,
0: but yeah. the secret <laughs> part. We are getting bees all around us. Yes. Um, the curse of recording live. So at this moment, there are no further updates that I could find. Um, I will do a follow-up. Follow up once I find more updates on this. I don't know if a corpse date He says date confidently has been set. as if there's um, going
1: to be updates on this. There has
0: got to be an up- I'm not letting this go without there being an update. Like, we're changing from the main corpse podcast to the Oklahoma Yeti murders uh, <laughs> podcast. Because this is all recovering from now on. It's, okay,
1: sounds good. As long as we continue to only eat those really good foods.
0: The really good lamb, yeah. yeah. Um, as long as you supply us with lamb, we will keep talking about this uh, <laughs> <clears throat> um, absolutely bonkers um, story. So that's all I have. So I'm out on that one. Anyone
4: have any questions or
0: comments? Concerns? Comments? I have a lot of concerns. Yeah, I
4: do too. Yep. Oklahoma's a long way away. I don't have to worry. Yeah, we don't have... Yeah, luckily oh, we, have our, have, yeah, we have our own.
3: Oh, really? yeah, okay. I have a tea based on the Yahoo.
4: Oh, really? Yeah, I have a tea
3: based on the Yahoo because we have our own Bigfoot in West Virginia. Yeah, I don't mind the
4: Bigfoot. I'm awesome. scared Who about we Larry. To the
3: <laughs> the <pool. laughs> yeah, let's... Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's see if we can find anyone who's willing to be fed to a Bigfoot, yeah. and we'll uh, and we'll try to work something. We'll
1: up. do a special episode on yeah. it.
0: They're gonna some other podcast is gonna do an episode on all four, or all five of us, um, trying to trying to feed someone to a Bigfoot in, do, in the woods do a outside of Elkins
3: perfect we'll, we'll get the west virginia yahoo and we'll do a summoning circle with like homemade moonshine I'm there gonna, you I go get the west
0: okay yeah yeah but that's I mean,
4: that's also how you
0: see the i have man. a guy yeah. so don't worry
3: about it on the moonshine
0: <laughs> we we can we can procure that we can <laughs>
1: all
0: right so um that's all i have kelsey you're next
1: all right so um after talking a little bit to caroline about what she kind of wanted to talk about on our podcast um we settled on doing something with the trans Lunatic Asylum, and I didn't really, honestly, I didn't do a lot of true crime here. I took a um, a note from Matt's book, and we're gonna talk about spooky stuff today. Um, but let's start. Let's start with the um, actual um, the bones of the trans Lunatic Asylum. It started as an idea from a man named Thomas Kirkbride. He was born in 1809 and did a mentorship with Dr. Nicholas Belleville. He was enrolled in medical school at the University of Pennsylvania in August of 1831, received his degree in March of 1832, and I'm feeling like my degree, I did way too long if it only takes a year to be a doctor in the 1800s. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Um... Anyway, he then was assigned as a medical resident at the Quaker Asylum at Frankfurt. He operated his own medical surgical practice from 1835 to 1841, and he focused mainly on neurological inventions. He helped found the Association of Medical Superintendents of the American Institution for the Insane. And he also pioneered what would become known as the Kirkbride Method, which was aimed to improve medical care for the insane through standardizing buildings and um, housing patients. When um, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum was originally commissioned in the early 1850s, it marked one of the first hopeful developments in centuries for mental patients. Um, It did have to be paused briefly um, due to the Civil War. So. They, they took a break, but by the time they um, got it all kind of put together, Dr. Kirkbride uh, went on to uh, found what became the American Psychiatric Association and began building other mental hospitals with the ideas that were founded by Dorothy Dix, who wanted to disabuse people and their misconceptions about mental illness. Um, Kirk Fry's ideas led to more humane treatment of people with mental illnesses, and he emphasized the importance of things like light and fresh air, suggesting that asylums should have long halls with tall ceilings and a multitude of windows and ventilation that allowed cross breezes. and he felt mental patients should be allowed the freedom to roam and um, give them ample opportunities to find stimulation for their minds. And he felt that this would help with their behavior overall. Um, He inspired 73 hospitals across the country. Um, The Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum finally opened its doors in 1863, and it it could house 250 patients, each with their own individual rooms. Um, The grounds were sustainable and included a working farm, dairy, waterworks, gas well, and a cemetery. It was fully self-sufficient, and it was designed to make patients feel at home. In 1881, however, um, due to the increase in mental health diagnosis, it became overrun with more than 500 additional patients.
0: A little crowded. And and by the way, if you listen to our last quarter, I did a story about the mummies that came from the trans allegheny Yes.
3: Asylum. The really yes. sad thing about asylums is that honestly there's all these horror stories from asylums from the 19th century and leading up to the 60s. They all had such they were they were made with such good intentions. Yeah. And we're just every single one of them and that's what mm. makes them so sad, honestly.
1: Yeah. So the hospital um, struggled to keep up and the conditions began to decline dramatically. The compound was unable to meet the needs of the increased patients, leading to patients that were suffering from mal- du- sorry, malnutrition, which exacerbated mental health issues. Um, by 1938, the asylum was six times over capacity. The patients inside were running absolutely wild and orderlies were vastly outnumbered and were struggling to regain control. At its peak, in the 1950s, the hospital was holding 2,600 patients, which was more than 10 times the number that it was intended to house.
4: Since That's insane. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> no pun intended. I stopped and started again.
1: Have
0: you, have you been through Philippi to see the mummies before?
4: No, I haven't.
0: So the next time you're going through Philippi, if the, the little train station right yep. by the bridge, yep. the old train station, if it's open, yep. walk in there, and there are literally two mummies that a... Doctor made using two bodies that came from the Trans-Allegheny you know, Lunatic Wow. and you can pay a buck and walk in and see him on your way to the bathroom. That's in the corner. It's one of the wildest things. You've wow! Ever All right.
1: So um, the Charleston Gazette attempted to send in a crew to expose the terrible conditions, and patients were sleeping on the floor and in freezing rooms due to a lack of furniture and heat. The overcrowding resulted in overworked staff and a decrease in sanitation. The windows were covered with grime and the wallpaper began peeling from decay. And where it hadn't come off on its own, patients had begun tearing it off the wall themselves. Patients whom the orderlies deemed unable to be controlled were locked in cages in open spaces in an attempt to make bedrooms more available to those that they felt they could control. Um, It had also become the training ground for experimental lobotomies. Um, Dr. Walter Freeman set up shop and began performing the surgeries here without gloves or masks during the surgeries. He um, he pioneered the lobotomy after having studied the leucotomy under um, Iga Moniz, um, and it was intended to take the leucotomy, which. You severed the connection between the frontal lobes of the brain and kind of make it a more um, standardized, easier to do, like, process. So um, he
3: eventually
4: severing the brain making it easier but
3: how, can, how, can, how
4: can i make this horrifying so, uh, easier?
3: basically what lobotomies mostly did is the what they sever basically cut off the emotional front right. and so going into the asylum any asylum um a woman could be literally just dropped off for her husband without an admitting reason right. if she was disobedient if she was depressed if she had postpartum um, or for
4: any reason, the man wanted to just get rid of his wife.
3: Yeah. Literally. And that would a lot of times end up. Now, to be fair, it wasn't until later on that people knew en masse what lobotomies were. Right. But people would turn their. Men would turn their wives in for lobotomy so that they would be easier to control when they got out and be like perfectly obedient because they no longer really had any emotions. They were just a robot who did what they were told. Yeah.
1: So, um, Dr. Freeman m- went on to. Make this the method of the lobotomy even more concise by coming up with the ice pick method, which involves slipping a thin pointed rod like an ice pick into the patient's eye socket and utilizing a hammer to force it to sever, sever the connective tissue in the brain's prefrontal cortex. And it sounds accurate, yeah. <laughs> and it the, resulted, the first,
4: uh, yeah. what do you call that? Microsurgery, what do you yeah. call it? Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. Except
4: without any sort of technology.
1: Without any. Yeah. Without washing your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Or or germs. (laughs) It resulted in a number of deaths in patients who had been perfectly healthy with lasting um, physical and cognitive damage. Dr. Freeman um, performed nearly 4,000 lobotomies in his lifetime. Um, By the time the asylum closed, the only part of the grounds that had ever been expanded to accommodate the growing population was the cemetery. Um, The asylum itself now has tours through the building, ranging from personalized tours to scheduled group tours, and the asylum um, on its page says, And I quote, the asylum has had operations, sightings, unexplainable voices and sounds, and other paranormal activity reported by both guests and staff. Um, Different ghosts that people claim to have seen are a nine-year-old girl by the name of Lily who died from pneumonia during the Civil War era. And it's said if you step into her playroom, you can hear her cries and laughter. Um, There is a ghost named Jessie who died of a heart attack and there are patients, Civil War soldiers, and specifically people claim to see a patient who um, was brutally murdered by his roommates during the time of overcrowding. Um, and that's all I have on that, but I feel like you have more to say.
3: I am originally from Braxton County, um, and I played soccer in Braxton County, my brother and I both did. And really fun fact about the asylum, before it was bought and remodeled and opened up the tours. They did soccer games on the front lawn, and my brother played soccer on the front lawn of the asylum. Um, way, not like way back when, I'm not that old. But like, um, it was before I was playing. So I think I was maybe six at the time. And I was bored because my brother was playing soccer, and I wasn't. And so at, the po- at that point, it had just been bought. They were like, renting out the front lawn like to make money for the remodel. This was the first time I'd ever been inside of the asylum. And I went in with my pack-all, and the day room's open. Like, you have the registration desk, and then the day room. And we walk in, and I take three steps in, and I look at the day room, and the rocking chairs rocking. And an old woman turned and looked at me and I freaked out. I screamed and I cried and Papa had to take me back outside and sit wow. me down. I think he ended up taking me to McDonald's because so freaked out.
4: <laughs> <laughs> The solution for everything. I yeah. think you're really, all the way to McDonald's.
3: Um, when, you,
0: when, you're, when you're six you're like, okay, that made it better. Yeah, yeah. McDonald's.
3: Um, but I have Not only, I have plenty of spooky stories in the asylum because it's somewhere that I frequented for like a few years. Like Lily, I have stories with Lily, she's very sweet. Um, In the basement where the lobotomies were performed, I actually have a photo of an entity in the room. Uh, But on a more like grounded level, people like mention that they see Civil War soldiers everywhere. And that's because actually when the civil war was happening, they were using the front lawn as like encampment for the soldiers, for human soldiers. Um, so that's why people see civil war, civil war soldiers there. Um, because it was an actual encampment that was raided once or twice by the Confederacy, but Union soldiers had made camp in the front. Um, so that's just not like a random. like, you know, I feel like civil war soldiers are kind of like Native American burial grounds, right. They're everywhere for right. some right. reason. right. But there is an actual reason that people see soldiers there. Um, but i've never I've never seen a soldier. I've never really. The old lady, I think, is the only thing I've ever actually really seen there. Um, and the story with the story with the guy in the basement. I was actually taking the flashlight tour with my cousins, and we were in the basement. The tour guide was talking, and she was, you know, turn the flashlight on if you can hear us, and nothing's happening. But I just got this overwhelming sense that somebody was like, glaring at me.
2: And it somebody was,
3: was glaring. Oh, just right. like, far, like yep. you know when somebody is like yep. staring at you. Just It just felt so angry and so dangerous and honestly so wrong that I turned my back to the tour guide because I could not stand to have my back to whatever was doing this. And I picked my phone up and I just took a picture to see if I could get anything. And I didn't look at it till I got home because I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> not while I was in there. But That's in fair. that picture there is like, in the dark hallway leading down into the basement, there there are no windows in that hallway and right at the where it goes into the dark hallway like peeking around the door there is white it almost looks like a reflection of the window but there were no windows back there i mean you can still go there are none um it's not like anything clear but it everybody who i showed it to who has been in the asylum was like yeah there's nothing there that would make that reflection at all right um but and then there's just lily she's very very sweet she just likes to she just likes to play. At the same tour I was there with my cousins, I think it was the first time going there like, as an adult. My cousin Ian likes to mess with me a lot mm-hmm. and he'll do the thing where he taps on your shoulder and then he goes that way. Well, my shirt was getting tugged on and I was ignoring it. And my shirt got tugged on again and I whipped around to like, tell Ian to knock it off and he is 12 paces ahead of me on the other side of the room and I was like, what's that, and the tour I was like, oh yeah, that's Lily, she's just coming to say hi. She just wants you to know that she's there. It's super, and she's greets me every time I go in, like my hands, like you know how little kids will hold your hand, mm-hmm. and they'll hold on your arm? You feel that warmth and that pressure from, like, every time I go in now, she's like, she comes in and she holds my hand, it's so sweet. Oh wow. But, yeah, the, the asylum is a really fun place to go to, I recommend doing the flashlight tours. Um... We've actually been talking we, about maybe doing one. I think we're actually going one.
0: too soon. My One of my friends, I'm not going to name names because I don't think I can with the way they do their stuff, uh, but he does one of the flashlight tours, so we, uh, we're we probably going to do it. We're going to check it out.
3: They're fun. Um, it's also really fun, like the brutal murder that happened. That happened, I think, on the third floor, and what had happened was one of the patients got really frustrated with his roommate, and knocked him out, laid him on the floor, put the bedpost on top of his head, and jumped on the bed until the bedpost went through his skull. Oh, wow. That's yeah. what happened there. Um, and at one point, the overcrowding was so bad that they were la- lining the hallways with mattresses just for right. people to have somewhere to sleep. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Like, it
3: was. I want to say that the ghost stuff is, like, super scary. It's not. They're just there, and that's just... They're not scary. They're not going to do anything to hurt you, even though that one guy in the basement wants you to think that he can. He's not going to do anything. Like, the real horror in that kind of stuff is the stuff that You're, actually happened. Right. The reality yeah. of it. The um,
4: history of it.
0: Yeah. The, yeah. the
3: reality of everything that happened there.
0: Yeah, you don't need to You don't need to make monsters when,
4: when humans exist. Yeah. Right. They're already here. Right. Oh. It's amazing, though. I, I have two things that I want to say, but it is amazing how we have treated and thought about mm-hmm. mental health for so long, um, and, and I don't believe, to a certain degree, superficially, that it really has changed that much. We may not do lobotomies times 4,000 by jamming an ice pick into somebody's eyeball, but you know, at least the place did exist good yeah. and fortunately then as all of it then was never um, sustained because nobody wanted to pay for it and then you know fast forward to what was it the, the late 70s and early 80s when they just decided to close them all mm-hmm. you know? yeah. and and today we don't have enough mental health and right. I think the, not to talk about this part of it but just to say the pandemic proved it
1: yeah, yeah. You know, 100% right? um, yeah.
4: but here's my other side not to be combative, nor argumentative, nor whatever, but... So I believe that a, a, a Yeti or a Bigfoot has to exist, or something like it, mm-hmm. because you can't say we have found all mammals on the planet. Yeah. There's too much space. We know more about space than we do, do about our oceans, right? Yeah. So that's just that and and i wholly agree or wholly believe your statements not not any sort of whatever so don't think i'm saying something but i just don't understand why these things only happen in places like insane asylums or the weird building my parents used to own a house that they rented to this family and they said and it had been known to be haunted and the couple that had lived there there's things that happen to them, and I believe them too. Yeah, I just don't. It's that's one of those things to me that's so hard to I comprehend. I think it's
1: because so many horrible things happened. It even if even if we say that the spirits themselves aren't individuals, the negativity and the horrible things that happened there, that energy exists.
3: It's like and the it manifests misery, like taints the ground. Got it. That's, as far as, like, my, so, (laughs) it's actually easier for me to believe, and I like sometimes to be like, I'm making this up, I'm crazy, but then, like, literally last weekend, I went to Market on Maine, and I was talking to, I was talking about how I was going to be on this podcast, Mm -hmm. and talking about ghost stories of the asylum, she's like, oh, This building is haunted. And I said, I know. And she said, What do you mean? You know, I was like, Well, there's like a guy back there in the kitchen. Right. And she was like, You're kidding me. And I said, No. Like, why? She's like, There's been like several people come through and like report the guy in the kitchen. He just likes to hang out and like he doesn't really do anything. The only thing worse than me being like, Yeah, no, I'm making this up or I'm crazy is when somebody confirms it. Right. That somehow makes it so much worse. And maybe
4: it's something as simple as The Sixth Sense. Wasn't that Mm -hmm. the movie, right? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, and maybe that's you have that ability, and maybe I don't. That's see, I'm the, I'm the same way. I I
0: don't. I've never seen anything that I think is like paranormal or anything like that.
4: that right. But I can't discount what other people
0: what other people oh, see. I can't feel, either. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I
4: mean, if you know you saw it and you're not on meth and you didn't try to lure, <laughs> lure Larry. What was his <clears throat> name? No, Larry lured somebody. Uh, anyway. Larry. But point Genuinely is believe. that, yeah. like, I I wholly agree. And, and yeah. I hear you. I, I believe you. There's no reason why one would make up right. stories. And it's not because I, I
3: haven't experienced it.
4: I can't, like, I'm trying to grasp onto something that would help me get there.
3: That's how mm-hmm. I feel about aliens. I mean, honestly, that's <laughs> right. really, like, I don't... That's the one <laughs> thing that I don't understand and it freaks me out because I, I don't understand it at all. Right. But one thing that I really do think is important to... Like, there are different kinds of, like... There's a difference between, like, a spirit and a de- death echo. A death mm-hmm. echo is just, you see something... It's like a glitch in time, almost. You see something that's already happened. Like, I've seen my grandpa twice. He's not a spirit. He's not around. I just saw him do things that he would normally do right. after he was gone. Right. Like, he came up to the window and waved at and me. I and think, I think the energy there. that like, that's, we put, that's put just off... different.
1: I think the energy that we put off while we're alive can make an impression
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's I don't know maybe that's just comforting for me to believe that way and, and maybe fun. it's accurate yeah. but
4: I've always said that you know you can believe or whatever you want that's mm-hmm. your choice as long as it doesn't hurt me and my friends around me yeah. you mm-hmm. want to hurt your friends that I don't know that's up to you like that's your choice <laughs> no, but, your friends? but yeah. I don't care like it's fine and 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 no matter what your belief is in whatever system mm-hmm. whether it's aliens or you know the energy from her grandfather. Yeah. If those things make you feel better, then great. You should continue down that path. And I do believe in aliens because how could there not be something more than us? But unfortunately, I hope aliens... there is, and I
3: hope they're smarter. I know that well, they're, they're out are... there, and I don't understand them, and that's what scares me. Uh,
4: what? And let's not and that's forget, what, that's they what terrifies not... me. I don't like right.
3: not having any clue what's going on.
4: Right. And our portrayal in the movies of aliens is couldn't be correct because you're in. Assuming Do you guys, you guys like know
1: that the drummer of Blink One Eighty Two actually like works with like Area Fifty One and stuff? I uh, think we should cover that as an episode.
0: You think? So here's here's how I felt like purely purely from like just just sheer numbers: how many galaxies exist? How many planets exist in our universe? The chances that something else isn't alive are, are like zero. almost zero. There's something out there. But here's what I think. All right. What I think is, not only do they exist, they're every bit as dumb as we are. Um, they absolutely <laughs> Which is are. Which like, somewhere, we have no- somewhere on some other planet, someone has made some drug and they believe in some, some monster and they're killing someone beside a river right now right. Um, trying to summon that monster <laughs> it's it's going on they right now the it's, like the effect. Effect. it's the yeah. multiverse yeah. my favorite thing my favorite thing is every movie i watch with aliens and they're like you know they're they're gonna be so much smarter than us when they show up and they're they're actually just just big dummies like humans are it's right. gonna be amazing for what? me i'm gonna be like boom i knew it right i knew it it's the ultimate <laughs> i told you so yeah right yeah, they're just, they're just over there clanging rocks together trying to make fire like we did. You right. know? that's they all that's the going on. They lost a spaceship
4: with a gold record with Beatles on it. <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> all, they're whatever. Like, what, is,
0: what is this? They're right. trying to eat it right now. They don't know what that is. Right. Um, all right, I think that's all we have time for.
1: I think so, too, and I this was really fun. This was super fun. Thank so, you today, so much for uh, having me. This yeah. is a yeah. awesome. Thank, Thank you. First, Thank you, guys. Yeah, this so, was really great.
0: great. So today we covered uh, meth-fueled Yeti murder yep. and uh, lobotomies. So that's what and, we've done today, and
3: we made it into and aliens too. We did, really. yeah.
0: We managed to come all the way around to aliens, and, and I couldn't be happier. All the so, Halloween hits. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on. This has been an absolute blast. Um, it's been great. Thank you, Kelsey. The food was thank amazing, you. It was wonderful. Um, thank you, Matt, for showing up and being awesome. I just want to say that having the
1: podcast <laughs> um, voice, um, right? Having
0: the, having the the golden voice that brings everybody in, you know. You want to tell them where they can find us?
1: Yeah, you can find us on... I'm not allowed
0: to anymore. Well,
1: it's because you forget all of them. I, know, I forget every one of them. I'm about to forget half of them. Watch me. Mind. All right, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, and I think that's it.
4: I think uh, that's all of
1: them. Yeah, um, and most places where you can find really great podcasts, but also us.
0: All right, stay creepy, you weirdos.